Ephesians chapter 5. And we will look at two verses in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 and 16 in just a few moments. But let me just say, first of all, that it is a very, I mean, it's a, it's a privilege and an honor for me to be here this morning. Um, and I've been very excited about this opportunity. I'm very excited about what I know the Lord is doing in this place. I'm very thankful for Cody and John and their ministry here. I know the Lord is really doing a great work here at Iron City Baptist Church. And so I welcome you here. I thank you for being here this morning. And, uh, and I'm honored to be here to be able to just share a few verses of Scripture with you today. Before we get into these two verses this morning, uh, in the 1950s, there was a television show that came out, and the title of the show was, This Is Your Life. And in that show, they would take an unsuspecting person and bring that person up on the stage, and before a live audience, they would put that person's life on display for all to see. Uh, they would bring people in from the past who knew that person, and these people would come and be able to tell things that they know about that person. They would talk about the significant events in that person's life. And basically that person's life would be on display for the live audience, for all those watching at home, for all to see. When I thought about that, the concept of that show or that, that television series, it made me think about my own life. What if I were that person who was brought up on stage? What if people were brought in from my past to tell what they knew about me? What, what would they say? What if I was the one up on stage and what if it was my life that was being talked about and my history that was being you know, dissected? What if I was the one whose life was in full view for everyone to see? What about you? What if your life was the one that everyone was listening and, and learning about? What will we hear or what will we learn about you? Or think about this. What if you knew that today was the last day of your life on earth and you were to look back on the life that God has given you to live? Would you look back on your lifetime and be filled with contentment over the life that you have lived or would you be filled with conviction? Would you look back over the life God has given, you, had, has given you to live and would you be able to rejoice over the things you have done, the things you've accomplished, the, the situation in your family, the way you've lived your life? Would you be able to rejoice or would you be filled with regret? You know, those are things we need to think about. What I want you to think about with me this morning is the thought, the time of your life. The time of our life. You know, there's one thing we all have in common, every one of us. We're all very time-conscious people. We wake up in the morning, we go to bed at night. Before we go to bed, sleep, most of us will set our alarm clock to make sure we wake up at a certain time. We have to be at work at a certain time. Our children have to be at school by a certain time. We have meetings and appointments and things we have scheduled that all take place within a certain or at a certain time. The events in our life all happen at certain times. So our entire life, for the most part, revolves around time. 
And because time is so important, we are constantly checking our watches. We are constantly checking the clock up on the wall. We are constantly checking the time. Many of you this morning, while I'm up here preaching, you will be constantly checking the time. You will glance at your cell phone and click the time. You will glance at your watch, or if there's the time is displayed somewhere, you'll constantly listen to me and be checking the time, wondering in your mind, if, is he going to get finished by a certain time? Uh, because we are very time conscious. So we live our life, throughout our life, every day of our life, we are constantly asking the question, what time is it? But this morning, I want to challenge you to begin to ask a different question. Rather than every day of your life constantly asking the question, what time is it? Why don't we start asking a better question? How are we spending our time? How are we taking the time God has given us to live? How are we spending our time? Because you see, the watches on our wrists, the clocks on our wall, the calendar on our refrigerator or on our desk is a constant reminder of something that you and I don't like to think about. The time of our life is running out. It is. We're not guaranteed one more moment on this earth. We're not guaranteed another hour. We're not guaranteed another day to serve the Lord. We're not guaranteed another day to love our spouse. We're not guaranteed another day to spend with our family. We're not guaranteed another meal to sit around as a family and share together. We are not guaranteed one more moment of our time. So we are surrounded by reminders that the time of our life is passing. We have birthdays. They remind us how quickly the years go by. We have calendars that remind us of how quickly the days and the months and the weeks go by. We have watches that remind us of how quickly the time passes by. Most of our watches and clocks even have a second hand. So if you get really bored, you can just literally watch the seconds of our life tick away. And the older I get... I really believe this is a fact. The older we get, the more quickly time passes by. When I was a kid, I didn't think Christmas would ever come. Now, every time I turn around, it's Christmas time. I feel like we just finished Christmas, and now it's time to get ready for Christmas. The time of our life passes by so quickly. Yesterday, yesterday, I was a 23-year-old kid who come on staff at this church as youth pastor that was yesterday but that was 20 years ago yesterday my wife and I were married that's 20 years ago yesterday my son was born and now he's 16 yesterday my little girl was born now she's 12 Yesterday, these things happened in my life, and now all this time has passed. Yesterday, I was a youth pastor at this church. It was summertime, and we were getting ready to prepare for our summer youth camp. And so we had a meeting with all the upcoming sixth graders. This particular year, we had it at uh, Brenda and Bird Dog Burgess's house. 
And in that room with these upcoming sixth graders, there was a little skinny sixth grade boy sitting in the back of that living room with a silly grin on his face named Cody Hale. I never in my wildest dreams would have thought that was yesterday. And now today, he's the pastor of this church. Yesterday, I was in Gatlinburg or the Smoky Mountains around Gatlinburg, Tennessee at a youth camp. I got up that morning and I went to brush my teeth. And when I went into the bathroom that morning, when I squeezed the toothpaste out of my the toothpaste, it, it hit the top of my toothbrush and slid right off into the sink. And I thought, that, something's not right. The tooth, that's not the right texture. It didn't even look the same. But I, so I got it, and I squeezed it right in the, my brushes. And I brushed my teeth. And my gum began to tingle. And my mouth began to get numb. And when I tried to eat, I couldn't even wash the toothpaste out of my mouth because my, gut, my jaws were numb, and I couldn't even do it, spit. I didn't know what happened. I go back into our room. There's a junior high boy giggling on the top bunk bed. He had put gel in my toothpaste. That junior high boy is now the worship leader at this church. So, and I'm thinking... Now, if you'd asked me then, if you'd have said, hey, flash forward 20 years and Cody and John will be the leaders in this church, I would say, God help us. But <laughs> God's using them in a mighty way. But my point is, that was yesterday. And now all this time has passed. It passes by so quickly. What are you doing with the time God has given you? To live let's stop asking the question what time is it and let's start asking a better question what am I doing with my time the Bible is filled with the reminders that our time passes quickly just a few verses of scripture you don't have to turn to these Job chapter 7 verse 6 Job writes this my days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle and are spent without hope. In chapter 9, verses 25 and 26, Job writes, Now my days are swifter than a runner. They flee away. They see no good. They pass like swift ships, like an eagle swooping on its prey. Psalm chapter 90, Moses says that life is like grass, which grows up in the morning and flourishes, and in the evening it is cut down and it withers. We are constantly reminded through birthdays, seasons, our watch, scripture, the time of our life is passing away. I don't say those things to scare you. I say those things because it's true. Life is too short to waste. Life is too short to try to coast through life is too short to make it all about ourselves it's limited and what we need to understand this morning is that our life what I want you to understand our life is a gift from God every moment of our life is a gift from God every time my heart beats is a gift from God it's by God's grace that I can take another breath I owe everything that I have to him 
He is our creator and our Lord, and God created us with a plan and a purpose for our life and how we are supposed to spend the time of our life. How do we make our life count? How do we live our life in such a way that our life brings glory to God? Before I get in, I will get into Ephesians in just a moment. Let me share with you words written many years ago, a prayer of Moses. Psalm chapter 90. Listen to what Moses writes a few thousand years ago. Psalm 90 verse 10. The days of our life are 70 years. And if by reason of strength, they are 80 years. How accurate is that? The days of our life are 70 years, or by reason of strength, they are 80. Yet their boast is only labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off when we fly away. Verse 12, so teach us to number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Moses says, if you want to make the most of your time, number your days. What does it mean to number your days? We're to number our days because our days are numbered. To number our days is to live with the end in mind. To number our days means not to take one moment of our life for granted. To number our days is to make the very most of every day, every moment that God, by His grace, has given to us. Don't waste your life. It's too short and time is too precious to waste our lives away. Number your days because your days are numbered. And let's live our lives as a, individuals, as families, as a church for the glory of God. How do we number our days? Ephesians chapter 5. In Ephesians chapter 5, the Apostle Paul gives us some very important instructions about time. Let me just begin reading in chapter 5, verse 1. And then we'll get to the two verses I want to focus on this morning, verses 15 and 16. Listen to what Paul writes to us. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, Therefore be imitators of God as dear children. We're to imitate God. We're trying to live our life in such a way that we imitate our Father in heaven. Be imitators of God. Verse 2, as imitators of God, we're to walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Verse 3 and 4, he warns us about the dangers of sin, but fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for all saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting but rather giving of thanks. For this you know that nor fornicator, unclean person, or covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Verse 7, do not be, uh, therefore do not be partakers with them. For we were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord... Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them, for it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light, for whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, Awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Then we get to verses 15 and 16. 
Paul gives us in verses 15 through 17. Three truths that you and I need to understand about how to live our life. How to number our days. How to make our life count for the glory of God. Verse 15. In light of all the things he has written in the first 14 verses, Paul writes, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Number one, if you and I are to live our life in such a way that we make our life count for the glory of God, Paul says, live carefully. How do you redeem the time? How do you make the most of your life? How do you make sure you're numbering your days and living with the end in mind? Paul says, live carefully. Verse 15, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. To walk circumspectly is a phrase that literally means to scope out and look ahead. It means don't go through life just living moment by moment. Have the wisdom to scope out things, to look ahead, to see the future, and live your life not just for what's taking place at this moment, but begin to live your life with the end in mind. Those of you who God has blessed with children, don't just live right now thinking you're going to have those precious children in your home forever. You're not. You're going to wake up one day and they're going to be teenagers. You're going to blink and they're going to be out of your house. The time we have our children in our home, it's limited. To live circumspectly means you look ahead. You scope things out ahead of time. You see the future that's coming and you prepare yourself. To live, walk circumspectly means also an area of our life concerning sin. A lot of people, you know, they find themselves at the wrong place at the wrong time and they make mistakes. But I heard a very wise man say that one time a, the mark of a godly man is not a man who can stand strong in the face of great temptation. The mark of a godly man is a man who has the wisdom to look ahead of time and not put himself in the place to have to face a great temptation. That's wisdom. That's walking circumspectly. That's what it means to live carefully. If I want to number my days and make sure the days of my life, which are, which are quickly passing, that I make them count for the glory of God, I need to number my days and I need to live circumspectly, live carefully. And look what Paul says. He says, see that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. He says, don't live as a fool. What is a fool? How would we define a fool? Jesus defined a fool in this way. He said, the person who hears my words, but does not do what my word says. He who hears my word, but does not obey my word. Who listens to my word, but does not live my word. Is like a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. 
So what is the biblical definition of a fool? It's a person who hears God's word but refuses to obey the word of God. A person who knows right from wrong but chooses deliberately to do what is wrong. Jesus said, if you hear my word but you walk away and you refuse to obey my word, you're like a foolish man who built his life upon sand. Church, life is too short to build our life on sand. Time is too precious to build our marriage on sand. Time is too precious and it passes too quickly for us to raise our children on sand and build our career on sand. A fool is who hears the word of God but refuses to obey the word of God. That's a foolish person. Paul says, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. What is a wise person? It's the opposite of a foolish person. In that same passage where Jesus says that one who hears his word but does not obey his word is like a foolish man, Jesus also says in that same message, the person who hears his word and does what it says is like a wise man who builds his house on a rock. A wise person is the person who hears the word of God and does what it says in every area of our life. God, this is what your word says. I'm going to obey your word. I'm going to number my days because my days are numbered. I'm going to make my life count for your glory by knowing your word and living my life in obedience to your word. Walk circumspectly. The second thing Paul tells us to do, not only must we live carefully verse 16 is what is very convicting to me Paul says redeem the time because the days are evil that word redeem is an accounting term which literally means to make sure you cash in your time for something of equal value don't live as a foolish person redeem the time church please hear what I'm about to say what does it mean to redeem our time? It simply means that we make the most of every opportunity that God gives us. And let me speak to you from the heart of a father. I must redeem the time with my children. My wife has all these, I mean, our house is filled with pictures. You, go, you come in our front door, down the hallway, there's pictures of our kids when they were two or three years old. You get into our living room, there's a cabinet with pictures through the years, school pictures. And the other day I just sat on the couch, and I hate to even admit this, but I just sat on the couch, and all I could see was those pictures. And I'm by myself, so I just had a real manly moment. And, uh, and I just sat there, and my heart got heavy. Not out of sadness, but my heart became heavy. And I became emotional as I look at my kids then. And I see my kids now. And I ask my question, myself, where did that time go? How did they grow up so fast? I used to look forward to birthdays. Now I don't even like their birthdays because it's 
another year older. The holidays come around, and rather than being excited about Christmas, now I'm thinking, I'm counting how many Christmases they probably have left in my home. And it's emotional for me because our kids grow up too fast. When we redeem the time, that means make the most of the time God has given you with your children. Men, if you're a man in this present in this building today, God has given us a tremendous responsibility. You are the spiritual leader of your home. I wish God's word said it differently, but it doesn't. If I could change it, I might try to make something, make it different, but God's has ordained it that in my home, I am the spiritual leader. And when my family grows up, when my kids get out of our house, their relationship with God, their commitment to the church and to the things of God are probably going to look very similar to what my commitment looks like. If someone asks my kids, who is the godliest man you know? If they write down Brother Rick or Andrew, our youth pastor, or Bray, our junior high pastor, or anybody else but me, then I'm failing. If you ask your kids, if someone was asked your kids, who's the godliest man you know? They shouldn't say Cody Hale. They shouldn't say John Blanton. They shouldn't name a deacon or their Sunday school teacher. Father, they should name you. And if they don't, we're not redeeming our time. We must redeem the time with our children. We must redeem the time in our marriage. I'm in the ministry full time. I know things weekly. Not monthly, not yearly, weekly. When I stand in the pulpit of our church and look around the congregation, I know there are marriages there on Sunday morning. They're sitting together in church on Sunday, but they are miles apart in their relationship. And their marriage is falling apart. Just this week, I received news of people very close to me that their marriage has ended because of adultery. Church, the time of our life is passing. We don't have time to play games. We, there's not enough time to live foolishly. There's not enough time to kick up our feet and coast through life. The time of our life is running out. Moses says, number your days because our days are numbered. Paul says, live carefully, walk circumspectly, redeem the time, make the most of every moment God gives you with your children, make the most of the time God gives you in your marriage, make the most of the time God gives you with your friends and your family, with your church, make the most of the opportunities God has given us and our life he's allowed us to live. Redeem the time. Live carefully. And then he says in verse 17, Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord 
is. How do we redeem our time? We live carefully. Or how do we make the most of our life? We live carefully. We redeem our time and we understand the will of God. The God who has given you life has a purpose and a plan for your life. God has a will. What is God's will? Well, God's will can be, I mean, you can say many things are God's will. But I believe God's will can be summed up in one simple statement. It is God's will that you know him fully. It's God's will that you know him through Jesus Christ, that you have surrendered your life to the Lord, that you have come under the conviction of the Holy Spirit in your life, and that you have bowed down before him, acknowledging him as God, that you confess your sins and receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It is God's will that you know him, and it is God's will that you proclaim him, that you make him known. The Bible says the Lord is not willing that any perish, but that all come to repentance. What is it that my life is to be about? My life is to be about knowing him and making him known. Knowing Him through salvation, through the surrender of my life to Him as my Lord and Savior. Knowing Him deeper by the study of His Word, by engaging in worship, fellowship. To know God and then to make Him known to the world. Church, we're called to receive the gospel and proclaim the gospel. Those who have received grace, we have the responsibility to share that grace with a lost and dying world. That's what God has called us to do as individuals and as a church. So, thinking back on our life, stop asking the question every day, what time is it? And I want to challenge you to start today and ask this question, what am I doing with my time? Am I just letting my life drift away? Or am I living my life on purpose for the glory of God? Moses said, Lord, teach us to number our days that we might gain a heart of wisdom. We must number our days because our days are numbered. Live carefully. Redeem the time. And understand what the will of the Lord for your life and family is. And let me ask you this question. First of all, are you redeeming your time? As I preach this message, I'm under so much conviction. Because of things God makes aware of me in my own life that need to change. That need to be better how I can better use the time of my life for His glory. Are you redeeming your time? The second question is simply this. What needs to change in your life for you to begin to redeem the time God has given you? What needs to change in your marriage? What needs to change in your home? 
What needs to change in your relationship with your children? What needs to change in your personal walk with the Lord? What needs to change in order for you to be better at home, to be better for this church, to live your life in such a way that your life brings more honor and glory to God? What needs to change? In just a moment, this altar is open. And I know the Lord is here. I felt His presence through worship. We are all here as Christians gathered together to worship, and He is here in our midst. I know His Word never goes out void. So based on that assurance, I know for a fact, not because of anything I've said, because of what the Word of God says, the Holy Spirit is speaking to someone's heart this morning. If you don't know for certain you're saved, would you come this morning and make the most important commitment of your life to Jesus Christ? If you're here as a Christian and you're not redeeming the time God has given you as you should be, would you come and just say, Lord, thank you for my life. Thank you for my family. God, help me to begin today to redeem the time you've given me to live. Let's pray. Heavenly Father.